covered the R. Kelly case, he was hit with indictments on federal and state level. And there was coordination between prosecutors about when they're going to try him and how they're going to try him. I imagine we might see this now. I can't imagine this trial is going to happen you know, sometime in the early part of 2024. I think it would be in the later part of 2024. Then you get into these all okay. interesting legal questions of the election. All right. Jesse, Mercedes, thanks so much for shepherding us through the legal documents here. Thank you so much for joining us on Balance with Leland Bitter. It is coming up next. I'm Elizabeth Vargas. We'll see you again tomorrow night. Welcome to the Ferris Show on television tonight from Washington. Breaking news as you look at pictures of the federal courthouse here. President Trump will be at that courthouse Thursday afternoon, 4 p.m., to answer a three-count federal indictment that we got about an hour and 20 minutes ago. Special Counsel Jack Smith unveiled charges connected to the 2020 election interference case. It is President Trump's third indictment. However, it's important to note it is the first for things that he did or allegedly did while president. So unprecedented in many ways. Here are the charges. A conspiracy to defraud the United States by using dishonesty, fraud, and deceit to obstruct the national process of collecting, counting, and certifying the results of the presidential election. Conspiracy to impede the January 6th congressional proceeding at which the collected results of the presidential election are counted and certified. Conspiracy against the right to vote and have that vote counted. Here is special counsel Jack Smith last hour. The attack on our nation's capital on January 6, 2021, was an unprecedented assault on the seat of American democracy. As described in the indictment, it was fueled by lies. Lies by the defendant targeted at obstructing a bedrock function of the U.S. government. All right, Jack Smith had a few other things to say that we will get to in a minute, but we want to go through the indictment now. News Nation Chief Washington Correspondent Blake Berman, live from the Capitol, covering both ends of Pennsylvania Avenue tonight. Blake, it's so important to note that this indictment is focused not on January 6th and the riot at the Capitol, but on this quote-unquote, fake elector scheme or alternate elector scheme that basically started right after the election. Yep, it's not exactly on the president's actions on January 6th, Leland. You're right, it's about the president's actions after the November election leading up to January 6th and really leading up to the transition as well. Uh, It really breaks down from Jack Smith's team as the Trump team versus the highest members of the Trump administration. Let me try to explain this here, because as we know, President Trump is the defendant name, but there is also six different co-conspirators. That includes, for example, four of President Trump's personal attorneys, a political consultant and a Department of Justice official. That's who uh, Jack Smith says was essentially trying to put forth and advising the president and involved with the president on this fake elector scheme to try to overturn the election. However, Jack Smith says pushing back against President Trump and pushing back against those uh, six co-conspirators were the highest members of the Trump administration. The vice president, Mike Pence, senior White House attorneys, senior Department of Justice officials, the director of national intelligence, the cybersecurity director, along with senior staffers, 
on Donald Trump's campaign. So that is the construction of the case from, from Jack Smith, along with the case that Jack Smith lays out. Now, what about the reaction here in Washington? Let's start with Republicans. We heard from the top Republican in town, uh, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. And here's what he said after the indictment. Quote, we've recently learned Hunter Biden received money from China. President Biden spoke with Hunter's business associates over 20 times. Biden's DOJ tried to secretly give Hunter broad immunity and admitted the sweetheart deal was unprecedented. And just yesterday, a new poll showed President Trump is without a doubt Biden's leading political opponent. Everyone in America could see what was going to come next. The Department of Justice's attempt no, to distract from the news and attack the front runner for the Republican nomination, President Why Trump. As for Democrats, here was Benny Thompson, the top Democrat on the January 6th committee. He said, quote, Today's charges are consistent with those from the select committee that they referred to the special counsel last year. And a successful prosecution will not only bring accountability, but also help prevent something like January 6th from ever happening again. Leland, that is sort of a it, it, exactly kind of what you're hearing, by and large, from Republicans yeah. and by and large what you're hearing from Democrats. By the way, the White House on this not commenting at all. They referred us to the Department of Justice. President Biden is on a beach vacation. And right now, Leland, President Biden is at a movie. Yeah. Leland? He may not have been able to pick a better week uh, to be on vacation. <laughs> uh, co coincidence or conspiracy, we don't know which one. But he is not uh, here and away from the White House press corps. Blake Berman, thank you very much. Tom Dupree, former deputy assistant attorney general under George W. Bush, with us now. I think what Jack Smith says is almost a little bit more interesting at times than what's in the indictment. I want to play for you today what he said in his two-minute statement. Take a listen. The men and women of law enforcement who defended the U.S. Capitol on January 6th are heroes. They are patriots and they are the very best of us. All right, so Jack Smith's statement about January 6th, the violence on January 6th. The indictment is about, quote-unquote, a fake elector scheme. It had very little to do in the actions alleged, nothing to do with the riot on January 6th and the heroes of January 6th. During the Mar-a-Lago documents case, the indictment was about classified documents. The statement from Jack Smith centered around heroes, uh, the, the members of the U.S. military, members of the intelligence services. Again, nothing to do with the indictment that was handed down. I'm just wondering from you, for a guy who is supposed to be held out as this uh, a, a man of impeccable character and the prosecutor's prosecutor, it feels awfully political or at least uh, different than just this is what the indictment and this is what I allege. Yeah, he, he's going a little bit outside the box here, Leland, which, you know, and kind of if you ask the, the hardliners at DOJ, that would say that's a no-no. In other words, prosecutors basically are supposed to repeat the statements that are in the indictment, I mean, possibly embellish on the facts, that sort of thing. Um, but to, to make statements along those lines, a lot of people would say that goes too far. I think what it shows is it shows that Jack Smith understands that he's fighting former President Trump on two fronts. He's going to be fighting him in a court of law. He's also going to be fighting him in the court of public opinion. And so I think what we heard today is one way that the special counsel's office may try to portray and spin this prosecution as it moves forward. And by reminding Americans of, of the uh, you know valiant uh, yeah. Capitol police officers and other people to really underscore why, in his view, this is a just prosecution. 
Yeah, and look, we have to think about the the prosecutor in this case and his batting average. And I, I, look, you were at the DOJ for a long time. I, I know you were under a Republican president, but we have you on because you are fair and you call balls and strikes. Jack Smith's two other major political indictments when he was the head of the Public Integrity Unit uh, ended up failing, right? You had the John Edwards case that the jury acquitted on one count in a hung jury, and then they dropped the charges. You had the Bob McDonald, the governor of Virginia, a Republican case. Uh, again, Jack Smith uh, won a conviction. And it was overturned 8-0 by the Supreme Court. So here's the question. Think about this in co- from college admission standpoints, right? You've got safe schools. You've got sort of reasonable schools, and then you've got reach schools. Same thing for indictments. Slam dunk cases all the way up to real reaches. As you read this indictment, we're only 90 minutes in. Which bucket? I think the special counsel has made an effort to make this streamlined, to limit it to one defendant, at least so far, named one defendant. And the way that he's framed this, it, it, it stays confined more or less to the charges. In other words, there's not as much extraneous for gratuitous information that I thought we would see in this. Hmm. Uh, the way that he tells it, it looks like the way he's going to build this case is basically to say the president could not genuinely believe he won the election because there were all of his advisors, the vice president, the attorney general, all these other people close to him telling him the opposite. So I think this indictment gives us a little bit of a roadmap into how the special counsel intends to ultimately prove his case to the jury and in his view, hopefully avoid the problems that plagued his prior prosecutions. All right. So Thursday, we have uh, the magistrate appearance for Donald Trump. Then it goes before a judge. We understand it's going to be Judge Tanya S. Shutkin, uh, appointed by President Obama in 2014, famous for saying, is it related to the House committee that was investigating January 6th? The judge wrote a ruling against President Trump, quote, presidents are not kings. During the Mar-a-Lago case and continuing the Mar-a-Lago case, there's such focus on the Trump-appointed judge. Do you expect the same focus uh, on this judge and her, shall we say, integrity or impartiality to be called into uh, question in the same way? I I very much doubt that, Leland. I think she's going to be treated very differently by the media. Uh, But look, I would say that this really underscores one fundamental difference between the Mar-a-Lago prosecution and this one. Number one, totally different jury pool in Florida versus D.C., much more favorable to former President Trump in Florida. Number two, big differences between the two judges. Judge Cannon, we've seen typically, or not typically, but often will side with former President Trump. My guess is Judge Chutkin, based on her background, based on her past rulings, is not going to be as receptive to the request from the president's lawyers. You may recall she was very harsh on some other January 6th defendants, much harsher than other district judges in Washington. Again, doesn't necessarily signal how she's going to approach this case, but certainly I think President Trump is going to find tougher sailing before Judge Chutkin and in the District of Columbia. Yeah, you can imagine him using, uh, hasn't yet, but on True Social, the president or not is not King's comment to sort of talk about how he views uh, his what his treatment will be like uh, in this case. Tom, it's always good to see you. Thank you very much. Obviously, we'll stay on the breaking news, see what else comes out throughout the evening on President Trump's indictment. But lost over the past couple of days is one of the scariest, scariest stories I've read in a long time. A Chinese bioterror lab in the United States. As far as we know, the FBI, among others, hasn't arrested anyone in the case. We have no idea how many more labs are like it. In this lab in California, in an office park, 
owned by a very shady Chinese company and more shell companies. In this lab were samples of hepatitis, malaria, pneumonia, HIV, herpes, well, and about a thousand rats infected with these things. We don't know how many more of these kinds of labs are owned by Chinese companies. We know about the one in Reedley, California, thanks to an eagle-eyed code enforcement officer. You can see the code enforcement officer there. Somehow they noticed there was a hose connected outside where it shouldn't be. That led to this lab of horrors with at least a thousand infected mice, various bodily fluids and the like all over this lab, a web of shell companies that own the lab. Prestige Biotech is licensed in Nevada, not California. One address for the company is a vacant building in Las Vegas, and some of the addresses and the money goes back to China. We've tried but can't find anything on Wang Zolin of Prestige Biotech and Yakin Yao, president of Prestige, number of the employees that have been listed in the name documents. You can see, can't find anything on these people. We don't know where they are. Thanks to the local congressman, the FBI is now investigating, but so far, no arrests and no information. So let's recap. Shady Chinese-owned illegal bioweapons lab with zero safety protocols just happens to show up in a quiet California town. Local health department shuts it down in March of this year, and nobody seems to care. Look at where that lab is, right in the middle of town. As a brief reminder about why to take this seriously, COVID that killed more than 1.1 million Americans and cost this country 14 plus trillion dollars came from a Chinese lab in Wuhan, China, that often got sated for lax biosafety standards. But the Chinese-run biolab in the United States has zero safety standards. And for some reason, nobody seems to find it odd. The FBI declined to comment, but we have no reason to believe the Chinese mystery men are under arrest. Nor do we know how they got all the disease samples. Nor do we know exactly what they worked on in the lab or if they own other labs and are doing the same thing. Reedley City Councilman Gary Bredefield tried to ring the alarm bells on this, but nobody listened. Are you are you as confused by the lack of concern on this as I am? Well, first of all, I'm a Fresno City Councilman, not Reedley. Oh, Fresno, pardon me. No problem. But uh, we held a press conference yesterday uh, calling out the fact that the public health department did not notify the entire county as to this illegal lab uh, that's been operating with COVID-19 and infectious diseases such as malaria and rubella that you outlined very uh, well. The fact is we don't know uh, much about these folks. We don't know if this is a company that is sponsored by China. I certainly suspect that it is. Uh, You laid it out right. How many other labs are going on? Also, a lot of this uh, material was disposed of illegally. Uh, We believe it went to a landfill. And as uh, you mentioned, our country was decimated by COVID-19 from a Wuhan lab. And this seems to be a Wuhan lab 2.0 in Reedley, California. All right. So do we have any idea, because the FBI won't talk about this. We know a congressman sort of got the alarm bells ringing, but does it seem as though this is being taken seriously? Have you been able to, to figure out if there is really a criminal investigation as it seems as there should be into this? Well, there's a lot of agencies involved. How extensive it is, I don't know. I assume the FBI is involved. My concern, why we spoke out, was the fact that the county <clears throat> was aware of this illegal lab uh, in March. Uh, so were the local board of supervisors. And yet, 
the public was not made aware of this until July 25th when a local social media outlet highlighted the story. And from my perspective, the public has a right to know. We need to always be transparent because we saw what government did during COVID with CDC and all of the lies and misinformation that yeah. was put out. And there's misinformation. No, it's, it's, cra- it's crazy. I, 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 it's almost sort of so wild you can't believe it. It's, it feels like the beginning of some sort of, I don't know, CSI kind of show or something that you'd, you'd have on, on television. Prestige biotech statement on Reedley California Lab from Wang Zolin. The mice were genetically engineered to catch and carry the COVID-19 virus. It makes, I can't imagine why anybody would worry about something like that. Of course. And as I said, there were infectious diseases also that they were working with that are bacterial in nature, viral in nature, uh, rubella, measles. You you outlined it. There was also uh, blood tissue uh, samples all over the place, vials that were not labeled. Uh, this material, again, was disposed of illegally, so... Did it go into sewer systems? Did it go into the water systems? Did it go into the landfill? Tremendous amount of questions that need to be answered. And also, where are these folks? What were they doing? We don't have those answers. Hopefully, we'll and we, get and we don't them. know who, where these people are, right? We have no idea. Well, I'm, I don't know where they are. I can tell you that. And I don't know whether <laughs> the uh, government agencies know where they are. But we have a lot of questions. And I can tell you, I represent a lot of people who have called me and said, what has been going on? The people have a right to know. Uh, Clearly, COVID was mishandled. And this lab, uh, in terms of getting the information out to the public, was not handled properly either. Yeah, you called it a a Wuhan 2.0. You look at how many houses are around this place. If you're dealing with these diseases, you've got to be licensed. You've got to have all sorts of bio locks and air chambers and on and on and on, none of which um, this, this building had. All right. Please let us know as this uh, develops, and obviously you're on the ground, so hopefully you'll get a little information. We're going to keep working on this story. It's the second night we've covered it. We're going to continue to. Thank you. Thank you, Leland. Yeah. Country music, for the first time in history, has now the top three songs on the Billboard charts. What this has to do with Jason Aldean's Try It in a Small Town as we watch the pendulum swing once again in the culture wars. Plus, manifesto watch Republicans want the Nashville transgender shooters' writings released. Is it possible that their push for transparency will backfire? Coming up, we're excited to announce that we're hosting the first presidential town hall with Republican candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. Monday, August 14th, live from Chicago with questions from Iowa and New Hampshire. Tonight, a- together, juntos, together, we stand up to cancer. On Saturday, August 19th, join Stand Up to Cancer for all the inspiration. Together, we can stand up for our family and friends and everyone who is battling this disease. Celebrating all the progress and innovation. So just stand up with us. One night to save lives. Join the millions in the fight against cancer. Tune in Saturday, August 19th at 8, 7 central on ABC, CBS, Fox, and NBC. For more ways to watch, visit StandUpToCancer.org. Ma, is this how you feed a hamster? Uh, I think so. Is my homework right? Hmm, I think so. Is, uh, this milk still good? Uh, I think so. When it comes to parenting, sometimes it's okay to think you know. But when it's something as important as your child's car seat, don't just think. No. Double check if your child is in the right seat for their age and size. It'll help protect them in a car crash. Don't just think. No. By visiting NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
My whole identity had been wrapped up in being a soldier. To have that so violently ripped from me when I was wounded, I was lost for a very long time. When Wounded Warrior Project came into my life, being around the other warriors, people that had similar experiences that I did, it was a game changer for me. Having King join the group, that was the beginning of a really good friendship. It's a, it's, a, it's a good time. I first heard about Wounded Warrior Project through CQ. And at first I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I qualify. But having been a part of it, it's kind of taught me that it's not just the wounds that you can see, but it's those that you can't. When you do something like a peer support group with Wounded Warrior Project and come together from different walks of life, man, the growth is incredible. If not for Wounded Warrior Project, I really don't think that I'd be here today. See how we help warriors combat stigma at woundedwarriorproject.org slash combat stigma. Most side effects are mild to moderate. Serious bleeding and infection events are rare. Visit Eurolift.com. Call 800-851-22. For many kids living in poverty, summer isn't fair. It can mean isolation, hunger, and falling behind. Help us make summer fair at savethechildren.org slash fair. You know that big bargain detergent jug is 85% water, right? 85% water? I thought I was getting a better deal because it's so big. If you want a better clean, Tide Pods are only 12% water. The rest is pure, concentrated cleaning ingredients. Ooh, pass me the intercom thingy. Attention shoppers. If you want a real deal, try Tide Pods. Don't pay for water. Pay for clean. If it's got to be clean, it's got to be Tide Pods. Water content based on the leading bargain liquid detergent. Save on Tide Pods at CVS. Everyone has a community, a neighborhood, school, kids' teams, where you worship, work, work out, or any other place or group where you choose to belong. Communities can provide support when you need it, and even when you don't know you do. Like when it comes to preventing underage drinking and other substance use, community members can be your eyes and ears when you're not with your kids and alert you to signs of potential problems. Learn more at talktheyhearyou.samhsa.gov. It's an era of politics like we've never seen. A new kind of politics needs a new kind of program you can trust. Welcome to The Hill on News Nation. I'm Leland Litter. Introducing The Former Hill. President Mike Pence joins us now. I welcome President Biden taking his record to the American people. DC's definitive source for nonpartisan political news. The Hill, weekdays at 5, 4 Central on News Nation. To find News Nation on your screen, go to joinnn.com. Ew, gotta get rid of this old Backstreet Boys t-shirt. Tell me why. I've washed it so many times, but the odor won't come out. Have you tried Downy Rinse and Refresh? It doesn't just cover up odors. It helps remove them. Downy Rinse and Refresh removes more odor in one wash than the leading value detergent in three washes. Find it wherever you buy laundry products. This back-to-school season, Downy and Tide are giving back with $1.5 million in scholarships. Enter to win. No purchase necessary. USNDC, 16 or older. and September 30th. Rules at Downy.com slash scholarship slash official rules. <laughs> A few things say as much about a culture as their taste in music. And if we are to believe the Billboard Top 100 charts, the culture has switched to country music. Even if over the past few weeks you've been told that listening to country music makes you a small-minded bigot. At least that's what some on the left have said. Jason Aldean's song, Try That in a Small Town, is now not number one on the country charts. It is number one on the Billboard Top 100 chart 
for all genres. Most popular song in America. The song is followed by Morgan Wallen's Last Night at number two, Luke Combs' Fast Car at number three. For the first time in history, country music are now in the top three spots. The song Try That in a Small Town is so popular, it's made room for the two other country songs on the top three. Try that in a small town. About two or three weeks ago, that music video came out, and there was an overwhelming negative reaction. It was said that it was racist and a dog whistle to incite lynchings. Then it became the most downloaded country song in, I think, 11 years. Kurt Bardella back with us now. Democratic strategist writes one of the most influential morning newsletters on country music as well. It's good to see you, my friend. A good friend of mine just texted me when I sent the the note around about the first time in history for country music. Going woke is the best way to promote what you are woke about. And I think it's going after a a group, whether it is going after Jason Aldean or, or others in this way. Somehow now they don't get canceled. They become more popular. What's going on? There's this kind of mentality, I think, in the country music audience community of you come for one of us, you come for us all. And rather than back down, rather than be shamed, rather than retreating, this audience specifically, they're going to stand up and get right in your grill and they're going to be heard. They're not going to be silenced. If you think, if anyone out there thinks that by calling them a certain name or stereotyping them that they're going to all of a sudden go, my God. I should re-examine how I think about the world, and I should re-examine the music I like. You have no idea what you're talking about. No, I, I, it, it, but it, it's not really a political divide as much as it is a cultural divide. It's, right. a, it's a rural versus urban divide in America. And I'm wondering what's changed in your mind since a couple of years ago when cancel culture was so powerful and people in small-town America, where I'm from, were kind of forced to accept being called names, and they, right. they, they didn't really revolt. And I'm wondering how much we are to equate what's happened now to Jason Aldean's song to the news about Bud Light, which you know has sales down 25% after hiring a transgender influencer. And I think it was today or yesterday that it came out that Bud Light is assuming they've lost 25% of their business. Yeah. I mean, I think there, there's this kind of overcorrection, right? You, you talked about how a few years ago, the mentality was a little bit different. It was a little bit more like, okay, like this is just the world we live in. We just kind of kind of suck it up and take it. To now it's, how dare you come after us? Mm-hmm. How dare you try to tell us what we should believe, what we should like, what we should listen to, and then make us feel bad about that? And we, you know, we talked a little bit about this yesterday with the, the, the segment about how uh, younger boys in high school are more likely to be conservative than liberal. And it's, it's that entire mentality, the idea that you should tell me that somehow I should feel wrong about what I am and, and, and have to equivocate myself before you and you know, emasculate myself publicly. It's like this song, Try That in a Small Town, that is the anthem for the mentality of pushing right. back you, on right. you, you assume now Jason Aldean is going to play at the Republican National Convention. Oh, right. They should open the RNC. If the RNC right, is paying night. attention, they're going to have him right. kick off the convention. Right. You're going to have the Star Spangled <laughs> Banner, and then you're going to have to try that in a small town. Uh, this, this is my question, though. From, just from a purely political standpoint, the country music has always been popular with rural America, mm-hmm. right? But it seems to now be creeping into ex-urban, suburban yeah. voters, right? There's a lot of suburban white women 
who are going to be in Atlanta, Charlotte, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Phoenix. This is also their music. This is their anthem. And and the idea of a manly man who is a little bit like John Dutton in Yellowstone is a lot more appealing than the alternative right now that's being offered. Listen, Neil, this past weekend I was in Bristow, Virginia, uh, seeing Dirks Bentley. The week before, I was in Baltimore seeing Thomas Rhett. The woman-to-man ratio is off the charts in terms of that audience, and they are out there losing their minds for these guys. There's a reason for that. There's an appeal there. And Democrats would be smart, if they want to be smart at least, uh, and understand that if you really want to play in Atlanta, in Pittsburgh, in the Carolinas, and all of these, you know, in Milwaukee, you cannot attack this community and expect them to want to agree with you and then vote for your guys later on. Is, that, is it too simplistic to say, oh, well, that happened once, right? They, you, someone called them deplorables or said they want to cling to their guns and religion. It feels like this, this community, though, is a little bit bigger than that. Oh, yeah. Much, I mean, again... People would never believe this, but the largest country music radio markets in America are actually big cities. It's Chicago. It's Boston. It's Washington, D.C. It's Los Angeles. And yet, continually seeing the political side of this, this mentality that everyone that listens to country music is some redneck hick who just likes hunting, fishing, and, and nothing else. It's like that's not really what's happening there. It's much broader than that. It's actually much more sophisticated than that culturally. And again, you have to meet people where they are. If you start that conversation with, hey, you're a bigot for liking this song, you're never going to get them on your side. Especially when it's a top 100 song. Hey, look, Andrew Breitbart said it. Politics the downstream of culture. And, and the, the culture has changed. As you point out, the pendulum swung. Kurt, good to see you as always. Thanks Thank for having me. very much. Tomorrow, Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy, speaking of culture, will join others in demanding the release of the Tennessee Shooters Manifesto. Quick reminder, Audrey Hale killed six at Covenant Christian school in Nashville back in March. And he, she left behind journals. Hale identified as transgender. And police at the time said the journals would shed light on the motive. 126 days later, police haven't released the manifesto. And to be fair, parents of the victims don't want it released. That has not dissuaded Ramaswamy, among others. We deserve to know what happened. If not, we can expect far worse in the future. I don't care whether it's the Jeffrey Epstein client list to the secrets of what happened on January 6th or how many FBI agents were in the field to what happened in the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping case. We need a government that starts telling the truth to its people again. This example in Nashville is just another case of hiding and sweeping beneath the rug what the truth actually is, which actually erodes trust in our government and in our system. All right. Reasonable people can agree that trust in our government system uh, has been eroded. The move comes as Ramaswamy gains in the polls against Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. DeSantis is 36 behind, points behind Trump, just 13 points above Ramaswamy, who's pulling ahead of former Vice President Mike Pence, Tim Scott, Chris Christie, and the entire rest of the field. DeSantis now says he will focus on more economic issues rather than the culture war. George Will writes today in the Washington Post, speaking of DeSantis, his peculiar campaign probably will have one constant. He has a low annoyance threshold along with an incontinent and ultra-conservative itch to use government to punish companies whose speech about social issues annoys him. He has threatened to sue Bud Light's corporate owner Anheuser-Busch InBev over a marketing mistake involving a transgender influencer if the error injured Florida state funds that own AB InBev stock. Really, 
Campaigns are supposed to be about stress tests, and this one is multiplying occasions for DeSantis to reveal attributes to voters should see before handing him ballistic missile launch codes. The campaign is piteously revealing that he is prone to what tennis commentators call unforced error. I think that's a term in baseball as well, is it not? Uh, Do Republicans want such a candidate? Does anyone want such a president? George Will, Pulitzer Prize-winning columnist, News Nation, senior political commentator, joins us now. Great piece, one to uh, read for sure. This would be my question. Is this just about Ron DeSantis, or is this about Republican candidates embracing or making their campaign about the culture war? This is a controlled experiment. Mr. DeSantis came out of Florida talking about woke. Florida is where woke goes to die, he told us. He has had an almost monomaniacal focus on the woke, and simultaneously he has been, uh, to put it politely, not gaining traction, but he's actually been losing ground in his competition with the front-runner, Mr. Trump. So uh, you'd have to say that uh, it, it can't just be the messenger. There's me- the message is wrong in that the American people are not obsessed with woke. All right, so Vivek Ramaswamy, who, say what you want about him, has sort of had this meteoric rise all of a sudden, caught fire. He's he's tapped into something that appears to not be as much political, perhaps, but as cultural. Uh, And that he says that the government is, uh, has, you know, there's no reason for us to trust the government. It is hiding these things. It's hiding the transgender manifesto in Tennessee. You point out that Ron DeSantis going after these culture war issues and getting involved in the Bud Light thing and getting involved in Disney on and on and on plays well with Twitter, doesn't play well with primary electorate voters. Is the same thing true of Vivek Ramaswamy and the Tennessee Manifesto? I think so. The Tennessee Manifesto being kept secret is government secrecy. Government secrecy is government regulation. Most regulation says this is what you can't do. This is telling us what we can't know. And it's intriguing and puzzling that the parents of the murdered children and the school are siding with the parents of the killer in trying to keep this secret, raising a good question, why? The suspicion is that, as Mr. Ramaswamy says, he says in in his own statement, transgenderism is a mental health issue. Now, that goes against a whole lot of current doctrine. Thinking and doctrine, yeah. And that may be why they're trying to keep it secret. Otherwise, I can't figure it out. Yeah, no, it's, it's very odd. And I think tomorrow we're going to probably see not the arguments for keeping it secret, but the arguments against keeping it secret. Uh, does, is this different than going after Bud Light? Is this a different uh, hill to march up and pr- plant a presidential campaign flag on? Sure, because murdered children are far more important than Bud Light's market share. Yeah. And... It is important to understand that we are talking here about the basic principle of transparency in government. If the killer had not died in the, in the act of committing his crime and had gone to trial, his manifesto, her, I guess in this case, manifesto, would have been entered in the trial and would have been public. Yeah, no, look, and I think he, he rightly connects this to a number of things in which we are told we can't know, and that by its very nature, makes Americans furious, and it it should. I think this brings up an interesting point, an inflection point we are in the campaign. Ron DeSantis was seen as the man who could take down Donald Trump. I know that your wife is working for Tim Scott uh, as uh, as a consultant. That said, is this a unique opportunity, with Donald Trump being indicted now for a third time, for another Republican candidate to make a move, 
Or does the fact that we've seen Donald Trump's poll numbers continue to rise and more indictments come tell us he is inevitable? I think this is a time when the other candidates are saying, as Napoleon said, when your opponent is destroying himself, don't interfere. Uh, I'm not saying that Donald Trump's being destroyed by these, but the cumulative effect and the time restraints and the monetary drain, it turns out Mr. Trump is using what uh, dollars that supporters sent him expecting him to help his political campaign are being used for his legal problems. This is not a time for anyone else, it seems to me, to, to, to plunge in, except Mr. Ramaswamy, who has said, as president, I will pardon Donald Trump. To be fair, he said that about the first indictment, uh, the Mar-a-Lago case. He has not said that. I had, we had him on uh, to discuss, and we'll obviously discuss this at the town hall, but we, he said it was only about the first indictment. He had not said that about um, this indictment. Mr. Will? Always a pleasure, sir. Thank you very much. Have Republicans in Congress admitted they may never get ironclad proof linking the president to his son Hunter's business dealings? If they admit that, why do they keep promising it when we come back? For all the Republican talk about the quote-unquote Biden crime family, they still can't prove it. And last night, they admitted as much. Sean Hannity, of all people, asked House Oversight Chairman James Comer if testimony from Hunter Biden's former business partner would finally link the president to his son's shady dealings. Do you believe that this is now officially the Joe uh, Biden bribery allegation and do you believe that you will be able to prove that jim comer i sure hope so and i I do believe that uh, there's a lot of smoke and where there's smoke there's fire yet every single witness and republican bombshell seems to fall short of proving influence peddling yesterday we learned the older biden allegedly talked to hunters business associates 20 times or more on the phone. Exclusive, Hunter Biden told Devin Archer to buy a burner phone three days before meeting with then-VP Joe Biden at the White House. Weeks later, the business partners announced their board seats at corrupt Ukrainian gas Burisma. That is, of course, from the Daily Mail. Of course, the president has made a number of contradictory statements about this. In the past, he said he had never, ever talk to his son about his son's business dealings. Then we learn about potentially 20 times, at least according to Hunter Biden's former business partner, 20 times that the then vice president talked to his son and his son's business partners about the weather to give his son the appearance of influence. That's wrong, very wrong, lying about its worst, but it's not necessarily illegal. Republicans, however, appear unable to lower the expectations game. At the same time, the White House cannot bring itself to admit that the president, shall we say, engaged in a complete lack of candor. Can you say specifically that the president did not have discussions of any kind with Hunter about his business dealings? As you mentioned, I was asked this question multiple times on Monday. Nothing has changed. So you said that nothing has changed when you were asked about the president's previous remarks on his son's business dealings. But the language has, in fact, changed. He could ask me a million different ways uh, on this question. Nothing has changed. All right. 
Phil Wegman of Real Clear Politics is with us now. He's been asking some of the best questions about this to the White House. All right. The White House says nothing has changed, which I guess they can argue they're arguing distinction without a difference, at least to my mind. I've not talked to my son about his business dealings to I've talked to his business associates 20 times on the phone is a pretty significant difference. And they could certainly argue that when the president said he did not discuss business dealings with his son, that that is not mutually exclusive from the separate claim, which was that he was not in business with his son. The problem here is that they're not being particularly clear. And I think that the reason why Republicans are so suspicious is because they look at the statements that President Biden made during that debate in 2020, where he didn't just say, I haven't talked to my son about his business overseas. He also said uh, that his son had not made millions of dollars from his deals with China and Ukraine. He also claimed that his son had done nothing wrong. That is very different from what we are hearing now from this testimony from Devin Archer and from others. Uh, That is um, the sort of thing that would raise significant questions about the candor of the president. And the White House, they want nothing to do with that. All right, so the White House, the president is in Delaware for the week. He's on vacation, so he's not going to have to answer questions about this. And you can sort of see how this really blew up in the president's, in the White House's, face timeline wise they thought hunter was going to plead guilty they could say we're done this is behind us the president uh, looks forward to uh, loving his son and moving forward as he makes amends uh, and we are completely vindicated because the federal investigation's over and they've not been able to do that and now you've got this week that he's on vacation a, a planned vacation where all of these questions still linger and fester Yeah, and they're not just going to fester this week. They're not just going to fester for a few more days. This is going to be something that we're going to be talking about until voters actually go to the polls next November. They are not going to be able to get away from this because, as you mentioned, in that court proceeding, when the plea deal fell apart, that was the can of worms opened and heard around the world, right? That they're Opened and poured out on the table, right. <laughs> that potentially the, son's, the president's son could still be under investigation. I think that the problem that we're having this week with the testimony from Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's former business associate, is that we're in this confusing game uh, of telephone. We don't have the transcription yet, and so you've got Republicans characterizing yeah, it to be negative. I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree. And then also you have the expectations game mm-hmm. on both sides. Is there any discussion at the White House about how, because there's now all these questions about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, uh, and they can't put this behind him, and they can't seem to get their story straight on what they talked about and what they didn't talk about, they can't take advantage of what would seem to be this huge political Mm -hmm. gift of the third indictment of their likely opponent? It certainly is distracting. And we noticed in the run-up to this plea agreement that the president's son was at the White House increasingly often with the president himself. He was there at state dinners. He was there on the 4th of July. Now we think this does become a liability because there are so many more questions. And because uh, not just uh, do Republicans uh, show interest, I think the public's appetite is also whetted here. And people want to know, did the uh, former vice president, did he actually change his position on policy? Did he actually have any actions? Or, you know, as we heard from House Democrats, was this Hunter Biden just giving the illusion of access? Yeah, cashing on the illusion of access uh, has its own issues. May not be illegal, but the the American public can make their own decisions. Phil, keep up asking the good questions. Thank Thank you very much. Crime in America is up next. Chris Cuomo joins us with new information on the alleged Long Island serial killer. We'll see you in a minute. Coming up next... 
Stevenson University Online is a leader in advanced degrees for nursing and healthcare professionals with master's and certificate programs in nursing management and leadership, nursing education, forensic nursing, population-based care, RN to BS, and healthcare management. New online sessions start every eight weeks. Taking your career to the next level? Let Stevenson University be your partner for professional success. Visit online.stevenson.edu. Everyone has a community, a neighborhood, school, kids' teams, where you worship, work, work out, or any other place or group where you choose to belong. Communities can provide support when you need it, and even when you don't know you do. Like when it comes to preventing underage drinking and other substance use, community members can be your eyes and ears when you're not with your kids and alert you to signs of potential problems. Learn more at talktheyhearyou.samhsa.gov. Wounded Warrior Project helps post-9-11 veterans and their families realize what's possible. With support and resources that bring warriors together and empower them to become stronger, both inside and out. It's possible to begin healing. To get the help you need. To find peace. And as each warrior's needs evolve, so do we. Because these last 20 years are just the beginning. Learn more at woundedwarriorproject.org slash possible. Successful legal careers start at Stevenson University. Our bachelor's degree in legal studies is approved by the American Bar Association. And with expert faculty who are attorneys themselves, an award-winning mock trial team, and a state-of-the-art mock trial courtroom, you can see why our graduates attend top law schools and go on to successful careers. It's a great day to be a Stevenson Mustang. See why. Schedule your visit at stevenson.edu slash torsu. At Rocket, we know buying a home is exciting and a bit overwhelming. Ready to buy a home but stressed about writing those big checks? Rocket can help you save. When you buy with Rocket Homes and finance with Rocket Mortgage, you can get up to $10,000 cash toward closing from Rocket Mortgage. It's a pretty big deal. And one you can get only with Rocket. Visit onlywithrocket.com to get started today. For purchase transactions only, must lot rate between 331 and 831. Call 837-ROCKET for conditions and restrictions. Equal housing letter licensed in all 50 states. And MLS Consumer Access.org number 3030. Some people won't give you the real talk on drugs. But it's time we know the facts. Fentanyl is often laced into illicit drugs and used to make fake versions of prescription pills. You can't see it, taste it, or smell it. Suppliers mix fentanyl into their products because it's potent and cheap, and the dealer might not even know. Keep yourself and others safe by knowing the real deal on fentanyl. Get the facts. Go to realdealonfentanyl.com. This message is brought to you by the Ad Council. Serving in Afghanistan, I was shot in the head by sniper fire. I was given a 5% chance to live. I'm Adam Alexander, and I'm a veteran. Today, I visit classrooms and share my story. I tell kids that with a little help and a lot of work, that you can overcome any challenge. DAV helps veterans like Adam get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year. My victory is being there for the next generation. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. All right, son. Time to put out this campfire. Dad, we learned about this in school. Oh, did you now? Okay. What's first? Smokey Bear said to... First drown it with a bucket of water, then stir it with a shovel. Wow. You sound just like him. Then he said... If it's still warm, then do it again. Where can I learn all this? 
It's all on SmokeyBear.com with other wildfire prevention tips, because only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Suspected Gilgo Beach serial killer Rex Huerman was in court today for a discovery hearing. Huerman has pled not guilty for the murder of at least three women. His wife filed for divorce a couple of weeks ago. And his two children now have an attorney, Chris Cuomo, with us now. I understand. So the children's attorneys are with you coming up. Yeah, uh, there was a determination made that even though the mom, the wife, already has an attorney, that the kids should have their own uh, just in case there becomes a conflict of their interests. How so? Uh, Just in case uh, there is a suggestion made about information or belief or knowledge or involvement of the mother, uh, that the kids would be kept separate from that. Now, they're not kids, right? Uh, One is 26, one is 33, uh, and the 33 we keep hearing has special needs. That's not really relevant uh, in terms of the legal analysis here. Uh, But the defense attorney came out today and said, uh, the government says a lot of things. Let's see what they can prove. And that's always a helpful instruction. Remember, different than cancel culture and crowdsourced consequences, Leland. This is about we only know what you show beyond a reasonable doubt. So the proof is everything. And we'll see what they have. All right. I think we we have one of those sound bites uh, from today. Take a listen. You're talking about uh, 13 years worth of investigation, uh, so it is, I'm, I'm not going to speak for defense counsel, but suffice to say, it is a massive amount of material, and don't forget it's continuing, uh, because the investigation is continuing. All right, so that's the defense, that's the district attorney. I think what's fascinating, though, about the, your interview tonight is how you really got a feel for these kids. Look, they, they, weren't, they weren't killed or anything else, but their, their lives are now change in just this horrific way. Yeah, and I, I think that there's an interesting aspect of this. They still live in that house. And the house was obviously ransacked uh, by investigators. Yeah. And one of the things we're going to discuss tonight is, well, wh- what is the line? Are you allowed to just go, well, it's a crime scene, potentially. I'm surprised they're even allowed to live in it, uh, to be honest. But I know that that is a big source of concern for them. They feel the authorities overstepped. Well, where is the line? We'll discuss that as well. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a great point. Hey, before we go, I just want to say uh, congratulations on last night. It was a really important conversation, honest conversation about crime in America, not the, the serial killer kind, but the street crime that everybody's uh, scared of. Uh, really impressive. Listen, I, I appreciate that. We're on the same team, and it was really nice for the bosses uh, to want to invest that kind of time, two hours, only a couple of commercial breaks, on a policy discussion which is yeah. uh, very rare. I've, absolutely, I've done dozens of town halls. I've never uh, done one like that before. And it was such a contrast of where we find ourselves tonight. You know, I'm covering Gilgo, but obviously the news is about political prosecutions and with Trump. And that's what we have. And it's such a distraction from all these other issues that matter to the American people. And it's very nice to be able to get back to what matters to the most people. Yeah, look, if, if you're not safe at home, uh, and you don't feel as though the police are there to protect you and the prosecutors are there to lock up the criminals. Hard to think about much else. Chris, uh, we'll see you at the top of the hour. Thank you again. A little bit uh, from us when we come back. What you see in the advertisement, of course, is not what you get. A New York State man, well, he's upset with Taco Bell, has some thoughts, and he wants $5 million for it. We'll see you in a second. 
tonight. I'm a wife and the mother of two kids. And when I get to work in the precinct house and put on my uniform, I can tell you as a police officer, we're building partnerships. This should be happening everywhere. So the police should be reaching out to this community. And this community should reach out to the police. That's the way to make this a safer place. Start the conversation and help stop crime. To learn the five things you can do, go to ncpc.org slash preventviolentcrime. A message from the National Crime Prevention Council and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. I thought it was a rash, but my doctor said it was a tick bite. Ticks can spread Lyme disease and other illnesses leading to chronic health issues. My brother was always having asthma flare-ups. A roach problem at home was causing it. Allergens left behind by roaches and rodents are a major driver of asthma attacks. When I had a fever and body aches, I never thought it was West Nile virus. Mosquitoes breed in standing water and can spread serious diseases. Get the facts at PestWorld.org. A public service message brought to you by the National Pest Management Association. At the Veterans Health Administration, we provide life-changing care to over 9 million veterans across more than 1,200 facilities nationwide. Our hands are busy, competent, skilled, healing, helping, and friendly. A place where diverse teams come together hand-in-hand to provide full patient-centered care and where even robots lend a hand. Join hands with us. Learn more at vacareers.va.gov. When you're diagnosed with Crohn's disease or ulcerative colitis, you just want to feel better. Steroids help get my symptoms under control, but they come with problems and long-term risks. I need to look out for my future health. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation changed everything. They encouraged me to take action and even helped me find a specialist. We now have a plan that works for today and tomorrow. Don't put off finding an answer. Spill your guts. Learn more at spillyourguts.org. If a baby is giggling in the back seat, they're probably happy. If a baby is crying in the back seat, they're probably hungry. But if a baby is sleeping in the back seat, will you remember they're even there? When you're distracted, stressed, or not usually the one who drives them, the chances of forgetting them in the back seat are much higher. It can happen to anyone. Parked cars get hot fast and can be deadly. So get in the habit of checking the back seat when you leave. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. My name is Michael Houston, Navy veteran and VFW Post Service Officer. I'm encouraging all United States military veterans and active duty members to take advantage of the many benefits and privileges you've earned by serving our great country. Please reach out to a veteran service officer or your local VFW. You served your country. Now let your country serve you. For more information, call 800-827-1000 or visit Benefits.gov. Been looking for. Go to Ucora.com to learn more. Why did we choose Safeway? We were loading our SUV with... When it comes to a gun suicide attempt, all it takes is a moment. Heather and I had an argument just like any other couple. I was lost. I had snapped. I had a gun and I was going to take my own life. Heather helped me realize that there was still a life to live. For the better of myself, my family, my weapon is now safely put away. A moment of crisis can happen to anyone. Store your guns, locked, unloaded, and away from ammo. Hear more safe stories at endfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by Brady and the Ad Council. For more than a century, AM radio has evolved to meet the needs of our community. In their car, at home, or on the job, more than 80 million listeners depend on AM radio each month. 
AM radio is also the backbone of the emergency alert system, which keeps us safe in dangerous times. It's reliable, free, and public safety depends on it. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. My whole identity had been wrapped up in being a soldier. To have that so violently ripped from me when I was wounded, I was lost for a very long time. When Wounded Warrior Project came into my life, being around the other warriors, people that had similar experiences that I did, it was a game changer for me. Having King join the group, that was the beginning of a really good friendship. But it's, a, it's, a, it's a good time. I first heard about Wounded Warrior Project through CQ. And at first I was kind of like, eh, I don't know if I qualify. But having been a part of it, it's kind of taught me that it's not just the wounds that you can see, but it's those that you can't. When you do something like a peer support group with Wounded Warrior Project and come together from different walks of life, man, the growth is incredible. If not for Wounded Warrior Project, I really don't think that I'd be here today. See how we help warriors combat stigma at woundedwarriorproject.org slash combat stigma. Come. Think about this. If you don't like what you get at Taco Bell, maybe you order more, there wasn't enough meat in your chalupa, well, 